Um, yeah, we can go. You want to go? You want to go? Um, <clears throat> I always go first. You go first. I like to mix it up. Ooh, unless you're not ready. Well, it's you're just... you're not prepared. Excuse you, me. <laughs> um, but no, I... I just... I, I just wish I had more things that I wanted to get rid of. Maybe it's because... You only need one. <laughs> I'll thank, remind thank you. you. Um, yeah, fine. I guess I'll just, like, be reductive, limit myself, yeah. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> surrender, uh, conform. Mm. Um, but yeah, so um, I want to get rid of the little hairs that... So do you or... I feel like you should... No one so, can see that you're you're pointing at your hand. Just okay, I am worried. pointing at my hand, oh. but I'm not. I don't want to get rid of oh, okay. hand hair. Okay. I don't want to get rid of like little knuckle hair, a little you know toe hair. So, cute. Um, so well, Papa's got a beard, right? Yeah. Um, and beard Papa, be- beard Papa, and you no, know I cream puffs. Trent, oh, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know a reference. A reference that I don't know. know. Um, no, but I I trim mm-hmm. said beard. Um, folks at home, I use a six millimeter blade guard. Thank you. Um, just in case anyone's curious, I think that people were, people were, yeah, people were know. wondering, Come you know, I, Reddit was a buzz. Um, but because of that, when you like me, you know, it just leaves little like two millimeter long hairs. They get everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, boom, you try to wipe them all up, throw them away, whatever. But then you look and there's like several that are just like on the back of your hand or uh, or just like on your shirt or whatever and s- something i'm assuming it's static electricity but like you wipe and they don't go anywhere. you just sit there like trying to rub them off rinsing them off they don't they don't go anywhere you, you're like doing the little like shirt pop thing <laughs> where you're like Oop, i'm uh, i'm popping your shirt <laughs> popping my shirt um and they just stick they just stick and stick and stick and stick and I hate that. I, mm. I don't. I, I want to be. I want to be free of these hairs. I didn't mm. shave them so I could have them on my hand. So do you want to get? So is it like that? You don't have to shave the hairs. You want to get rid of whatever it is that prefer the force that keeps to get them rid of. Yes, um, whatever form of uh, molecular attraction. <laughs> I, I'm assuming it would be some form of of ionic. Uh, attraction. Okay. Um, but I would just uh, I actually, honestly, I really th- bet that I was just right with static. Um, either that or maybe just like the hand moisture, like the oil, like it is enough to hold like a piece of hair once it mm. once it hits you, like it's like you know able to be sticky. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, if it's static, electric, like that, we could just get rid of static electricity Do you, from your body because that's really right. annoying. But like, happens. what about the balloon thing? I Do mean, you really want to lose the balloon get, thing? But the shocks that you get when you've got that stuff, like that's painful. Right. Those are painful. Yeah, not worth the balloon. I also, trick with your yeah, hair. and uh, you know, we we spoiler are living in New York City, um, but oh, they, uh, I, I give it away. But when I am in the presence of a car. I like basically know that it's winter time because when I go to put my hand on the door of the car, it shocks me. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm like, I don't know how I'm so static prone. Just um, special. 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess so. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm woolly. I'm not a hairy guy. I'm virtually Swayze, but like I uh, <laughs> in every way. <laughs> I'm virtually in every way. Um No, Got it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. So so static. Let's do it. Static. 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 Or the li- or the little hair thing. Yeah. Because just the fact that little teeny hairs stick to you, it they should be you. cut and go away. Should, yeah. Yeah. Maybe the razors, why don't they have this? Could have like a vacuum cleaner. Oh my god. Like that thing. And then you just dump it out into the trash. There's a there is a like a thing for kids. And I I, I don't know what it's I'm inclined to say suck it, but I know that that's not what yeah. it is. <laughs> oh, but suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. Oh, it's from the office. But the, <laughs> they there's a thing where it's like it literally is a vacuum. It has a rotating blade, and it's used to like um, shave kids, like cut kids' hair. Yeah. So like, why don't they have that exact same thing for the face? I mean, I don't. I want it. Patent that. Right now. Should have gone to patent. <laughs> nice. um, um, yeah, that's a great one. I love it. I know I kind of like abruptly cut you, cut that moment off because I was ready to, ah, uh, I'm doing, okay, my, the thing that I want to get rid of is happening to my face and I don't know if you can tell. I want to get rid of um, random, ins- like constant muscle spasms. I have one in my right eyelid that has been happening for the last three days at least where every so often and it's not regular it's not like every single couple minutes it'll just spasm and I don't know if people can see it I don't in from the inside it feels enormous because it's like my whole vision line of vision going like um but it's so annoying and so freaky and I don't know why it happens are you experiencing it right now not at this moment I'll tell you when it happens now you're just gonna have your eye yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yeah, uh, and I get them sometimes. I get them like in random places. Does that happen to you ever? So I, yes, eyes, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that'll happen to me. Um, with a frequency, with a regularity that makes me not um, like fearful. <laughs> uh, you know, like it, it. I I wouldn't even go so far as to say it has happened in the past three months, but if it were to happen, I'd be like, Oh, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it would, but, um, and I have had like, especially if like a muscle is sore, sure. then a muscle will be like, mm-hmm. um, but, or, oh, oh, ooh, goo, goo, um, I th- I'm trying to think, I, th- I feel like sometimes they will happen. They have happened like, in the neck in the area. in the neckle region mm. um yeah but I, yeah. I don't, yeah i mean i feel similar as far as where mostly they happen but yeah sometimes it'll be like on my arm and there was no sore muscle it just like does mm. that but i've never i don't know that i've had one like this eye thing which is what been three days three days of it three you've never had eye spasms for three days but like well wait i'm saying for the amount of time okay are you particularly stressed right now? No, not really. I mean, no more than usual. I mean, I'm always just so. I'm just stressed. like I'm just so busy. I'm uh, just like no, so but really, definitely not compared to the last like month. Definitely right. not right now. So it's weird, and I want to get rid of it. 
Yeah, I don't know, because I mean, obviously, with regard to the neck, with regard to the shoulder, with regard to the eyes, I mean, these are places where we might like hold a lot of stress-related tension, and so like in yeah. moments of stress or moments of like like a lack of sleep, etc., because that's just basically mm-hmm. you, you might not be your body would be stressed from lack of sleep, regardless if it's emotional stress, like the. Yeah, there is no there is no reason that this mm. should be happening, which is also probably part of the reason why I especially want to get rid of it. Maybe you're just so like relaxed <clears throat> mm, that my body's like throw, your body's like throw what's going on at here? You. Yeah. What's going on here? This yeah, is not what this is not the Gita Stevenson right. we know and love. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, what is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> Let's freak um, out. Yeah, yeah, it's very possible. It's like some, something's great, and you know, like it, it, you were probably something along. Your body was like, you know, just when something gets, uh, you know, like bad, you know, you think like, oh, I'm gonna get. I'm just going to make it like a little bit more shit. I, I messed up the quote, Gina. I was going to like quote uh, out of Africa and then I blew it. I blew oh, it. I blew yeah, it. Did. Because does well, she say that she ruins things? No, she just says the, she just says the, the way that they, she thought they would be. Oh, okay. Like but well, I was going to be like, because I was going to be like, you know, when thing, when I, maybe the, Let's workshop this Let's, joke. Maybe uh, when right I now, should have said that, like, oh, right you know, with, when I have an eye spasm, like, I just try to make it worse just past where I can stand it. Ah, and then I know. Make it worse. Then I know. Mm, okay. Well, I can great segue. I think we should get started. Can I handle anything? Great segue. Mm. Let's kick can it off. Anything. You take it away with the opener. Yeah, welcome to Should We Keep This the Cultural Review Podcast that you know and love. And we look back over the past 50 years of film, music, and TV (laughs) challenge your nostalgia and get it the question, should Should we we keep keep this? this? I am Stephen Moskis. I'm Gina Stevenson. Today we're talking about Back to the Future and Out of of Africa. Africa. It just happened again. Oh, oh. It happened like three times in a row just now. Okay, I don't see okay, it. It's not I'm happening not, I'm not going to lie, I don't Damn see it. it. Okay. Sorry. Anyways, it's the, it just happened again. It's nope, the year 1985. Um, that's where we are. And this is the year of movies whose titles seem opposite to their actual plots. Mm. Am I right? We've got yeah. Back to the Future. No, they go to the past. Right. We've got Out of Africa, which is all about her being in Africa. Right. Maybe it's like uh, it's like last five minute title justification where sure, it's like yeah. end of the movie is like oh time to go right, back to the right. future oh, and time, no, to, get out time of to get out of Africa. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, we'll start with Back to the Future. Um, Sick. We watched this one together. Yeah, the, baby. Very, very exciting. This is the top grossing movie of 1985, um, and this is about high school student Marty McFly, who for some unexplained reason is best friends with the eccentric scientist Dr. Emmett Brown, or Doc, as he goes by. Mm. Um, Marty is 24-hour scientist. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's what it says on his van. Uh, Marty is a musician. He has this girlfriend named Jennifer. His father is this skittish guy named George, who's bullied by his supervisor, Biff, who has bullied him since high school. His mom is an alcoholic who doesn't seem to like her life very much. Uh, That's kind of the world Marty is in at the beginning of the movie. Um, And so this one night he meets up with Doc late at night where Doc shows him that he's invented a time machine in the form of a car, Um, which is pretty cool, obviously. Um, But unfortunately, uh, these some terrorists show up um, because Doc was supposed to give them the plutonium that he used to power at the time machine. And they shoot and they kill Doc. Uh, 
So Marty is devastated, obviously. He leaps into the time machine and travels back to 1955, um, where he meets a young doc, as well as high school versions of all the adults in his life. And unfortunately, oops, his mom starts falling in love with him uh, instead of his dad, uh, because he sort of interrupts the... He's, st- he's there right at the moment where, in the actual history, his dad was there, so she sort of falls in love with him. Uh, and Marty also seems to find her kind of hot as well. Right. So, you know, so we won't read too far into that just now. And essentially, in the past, Marty works with the younger doc to try and set things straight so that Marty's parents fall in love with each other, or else, you know, Marty will have messed up space-time continuum will disappear because, mm-hmm. you know, that can't happen. And also to find a new source of energy to power the time machine so he can get back to the present. Back to the present. <laughs> 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 not the future because right. it's still not the future. Right. Uh, so, yes, Marty's, uh, at the, uh, Marty's mom gets <clears throat> assaulted by a young Biff <clears throat> who also goes to their high school. And at the last second, Marty's dad jumps in and saves her, and so that sort of sets things right on the course of history. Um, Marty warns Doc before he goes back to the present (gasps) that he will be shot and killed back in the present, and so he returns to the present to find that (laughs) Doc actually wore a bulletproof vest because of the warning Marty gave him, and he's still alive. And not only that, but now Marty's family is happy and rich, and that's cool. And then also, at the very last moment of the movie... Doc appears, and they have to go back to the future, which will be the next movie. Um, and that's pretty much that. So, yep. Aces. What do you think, Stephen? Um, so, fun facts. Um, yeah, so movie made $389 million. Uh, no, The Time Machine was original. The Time Machine, uh, the uh, your eyes doing it. I don't want to yeah. keep interrupting, but it. It keeps happening. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't see it. I still don't see it. But the, uh, yeah, so uh, the DeLorean, mm-hmm. not the original choice for the time machine. Mm-hmm. The original choice was a refrigerator. Oh. But it was well, changed because they were weird. afraid that little kids would be climbing into a refriger- uh. into refrigerators like in the style of the movie. Also, um, a refrigerator can't move. Right. Not going to get to 88 direction. miles an hour. No, <laughs> yeah. there was like a whole, was a whole thing about thing. like having to take a, it was all about like nuclear. There was still like nuclear shit, and they had to like take a fridge to a nuclear test. It was. Hmm. Okay. It, there's a reason it didn't get made. Yeah. Um, also, uh, they struggled to get this movie made. Um, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale um, because they were they had worked on some other Steel, Spielberg movies in the late '70s that were all failures. And so the studios were rejecting it both because they had shit reputations uh, and because this was the time, the early 80s was the time of like Fast Times at Ridgemont High and uh, Porky's. And so they just, they didn't think it was risque enough. Um, And then once Zemeckis made Romancing the Stone, then that, that was like a Michael movie with Michael Douglas that went really well. He like, boom, was able to get a uh he was able to get this movie passed um there was a guy named eric stoltz if you are familiar um with he's i don't know he's in a bunch of shit but his uh an easy one is pulp fiction the the drug dealer that that john travolta goes to to like get the adrenaline shot Mm -hmm. he said he was originally cast as marty because michael j fox couldn't get out of his contract with family ties and so 
he was originally cast and they shot like loads of the movie they shot for four weeks and uh then they were like nope he's too dramatic so they took him out they decided to reshoot they got Mike they got a contract with Michael J Fox so he was filming family times from 10 to 6 during the day and then filming this from 6:30 to 2 a.m. Oh at night and then they did any daytime exteriors uh on the weekends um oh. and initially his girlfriend who was played by ended up being played by like an unknown actress was originally going to be Melora Hardin i.e. Jan from the office but was but they had they recast her because uh, once Michael J. Fox was in the role, she was too tall. Um, yeah, and this was this was Michael J. Fox's first film. He was exploding as a TV star because of uh, Family Ties, and then uh, yeah, Leah Thompson was. Um, Is that his her, mom? Leah Thompson, yeah, was his mom, and. Uh, there's a number of people that were cast and she's one of them because she was in a role opposite Eric Stoltz in another movie. And they thought her chemistry was so good that they put her in the role. <laughs> and then it turns out like, and then he gets fired. Right. Um, and uh, just a little fun fact. Her first role was just a few years earlier in a movie, Jaws 3D, mm. the third Jaws movie, um, which she not only lied about the, uh, lied about the fact that like her prior work experience. She also lied about the fact that she would have to be able to water ski. She not only lied that she was able to water ski, but she lied that she could swim. Oh no. For a Jaws movie. A uh, yeah. Yeah. But she yeah, still got yeah. the role and did the movie. Oh yeah. She still did her. the movie. So I think that's a good Big lesson time. that you should just lie your way into whatever mm -hmm. role you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Good for her. And Christopher Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Was from, this, how, where is he in his career at this point? Um, so if we recall, Christopher Lloyd's breakout role was in one flew over the cuckoo's nest in 1975. Oh, that's right. Of course. Um, so this is a roughly the 10 year anniversary of, well done, of his explosion onto the scene. Um, cool. and he, uh, improvised much of his role and he also had to be hunched over. He was like, the reason he was like hunched over the whole time was so that he would be more similar in height to Marty. So the story um, of all this is Michael this J. Is Fox really, is very short. <laughs> right. Michael J. Fox is very short and this whole movie has bent around him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Man, I can't believe that schedule though. That's impressive yeah. for him to be doing that. Also, by the way, Hugh Lewis and the News, they wrote the song The Power of Love. Um, the studio was really disappointed because they didn't put the title of the film in the song. Oh. Um, which, I don't know how, you how the hell that. would you do that? Yeah. Power of love. Uh, Back to the future. I'm going, and see it now in theaters. I want to, oh, fuck my mom, yeah. we're going. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Still not the title Stick of the song. it to I mean, you going back to the future. I got yeah. a power mm -hmm. of love. You yeah. Give him a call. I, I will. Let's um, do it. Nice job. All right, cool. Shall um, we talk about Out of Africa? Uh, sure. Was, let's do it. Yes, fact? let's do it. Let's do didn't it. Mean to interrupt. No, um, no, you didn't. You okay. didn't. Oh, good, great. So Out of Africa, this is the best picture winner. Um a Danish woman named Karen Blixen semi-narrates the film, uh, recalling her time living in Kenya beginning in 1913. 
uh, when she moved there to marry a friend of hers who was also the brother of her former lover. And using her family money, she and her new husband planned to set up a cattle ranch in Kenya. But when she arrives, she discovers that he's instead decided to grow coffee, which is very risky in that particular climate. Um, so essentially, she takes on the responsibility of the farm and really the running of everything as her husband, the Baron Blixen, uh, seems to be more interested in hunting and also turns out having affairs. Um, but their marriage really started as a friendship, not a romance, and it kind of grows into a romance. I look forward and, to talking you know, about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, meanwhile, she becomes friends with this hunter named Dennis uh, Robert Redford. Also, Meryl Streep is Karen Blixen. I just feel like that has to be said. And um, essentially, a lot of the movie is her coming to actually love being in Africa and to discard some of her old ways of her sort of old assumptions and her ways of thinking about the people who she meets there and their their ways of life, which are, of course, very different from her expectation of, you know, what life is like as a Danish woman. Um Throughout this movie, the First World War... Uh, oh, no, actually, yeah. So she discovers that her husband has given her syphilis, she turn, she finds out. Uh, so she has to return to Denmark to recover. Um, also, the First World War reaches East Africa, which causes all the men in her life to go fight. Uh, and she has this badass trip where she brings supplies to them, where she like travels for a bunch of days through the land to deliver these these you know things for the war. And they're all like, whoa, you shouldn't be here. You're a woman. Uh, she falls in love with Dennis. He doesn't want to be held down. She and her husband get a divorce. Her coffee farm finally produces this really great harvest, but then it's burnt down in this fire. She goes broke. She has to sell all of her things and return to Denmark essentially for good. Um, she and Dennis reconcile, but then he dies in a plane crash. And as she boards a train to begin the long journey home, we learn essentially that this is based on a true story. And uh, the real Karen Blixen wrote under a pen name, a man's Pseudonym. name. Pseudonym. Pseudonym. Uh, where she she wrote stories of her time in mm -hmm. Africa as well as other things. So yeah, that's basically this movie. Awesome. Steven? Yeah, so this movie made uh, $227 million. It received the awards for Best Picture, Director, Art Direction, Cinematography. It's your Danish Adapted accent. Screenplay. No, okay. uh, uh, no, I don't, I don't know a Danish accent. Uh, original score and sound, and it was nominated for actress, supporting actor, costume, and film editing. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, Karen Blixen was was uh, married to Brar von Blixen Finneke, um, and Hemingway actually based a, a short story on Brar Blixen. They were they were friends. Uh, the title is The Short Happy Life of Francis Macomba. Um, Rose, uh, wrote under Isaac Dennison. Um, we've talked a lot about like basically everyone that has a role within this movie. Um, Meryl Streep, Robert Redford. Um, they fun more fun facts. Um, so the movie hardcore, uh, like like downplays there's some inaccuracies with the timeline like the the toward the end of the film once she finally yields a a crop of coffee um her her barn burns down destroying the crop before she can sell it well the barn did burn down but like years before the point that happens in the film um also you know yes she has like 
500 acres of uh, coffee, but like they basically drastically downplay the size of the farm. You see roughly, you see no more than like 30 tribesmen um, and farm workers where they had closer to 800 farm workers on 4,000 acres. Um, And then also Karen and Dennis met at the hunting club in real life um, instead of um, just like in the plains next to the trains. Um, And then, and then also they um, also kind of downplay her romance with Broar and kind of make it like a, a sort of blip here and there. And yes, it's about, it's mostly about friendship, et cetera. Um, So they downplay their romance. Um, people panned Robert Redford at the time, so the criticism was very split of the film. Um, Meryl Streep, initially Sidney Pollock, didn't want Meryl Streep to be in the film because she didn't have the sex appeal for the role. So she landed the part when she showed it to her meeting wearing a low-cut blouse and a push-up bra. Um, Wish these things were lies. Um, Also... Someone that we a little hidden, a hidden fact: um, the the Somali woman who is tending to the guy who's dying, and it turns out they're like have been having a relationship. She's a Somali American uh, model named Iman, who uh, in the early '90s married David Bowie, and they were together until he died. Um, yeah, and then this is. Uh, there aren't too many like cultural references to it. People mainly mention it. Um, but, uh, their documentary now references it in one of their parodies, um, as, as white love in Rhodesia. And then, uh, there's a, there is an adult cinematic parody referred to as, uh, in and out of Africa. And then, um, uh, these are really well-known references right? that you're giving us. Well, this is what we got, people. <laughs> um, and there was a lot of when Taylor Swift was getting all the criticism for her Wildest Dreams video, there was a lot of like comparison to Out of Africa. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You ready to you ready to throw down some sick votes? I'm ready. Slap it of votes. Yep. Yeah. Ready? <laughs> yep. One. One. Two, three, both. Keep them both, you're saying? Are you joking? I am 100% okay, joking. I was going to say. Get, get rid, rid of them rid all. Of them. <laughs> yeah. I was about to have a little heart attack okay. there. Uh, um, yeah. Get rid of them. Where, where do we even begin? Where do we even begin? Let's start with the fact. Ba- well, Should we go with back the to the past we'll to talk Africa. about being the professor? Okay. What? What? Let's start well, because the, the present, the, the present is about. the past to us, mm. so we have to go back to the past, to where to he goes future. back to the past and then goes back to the present. Okay, so um, let's start with Back to the Future. Great. Um, great. Man, what a. Uh, where to start? You know, Let's I feel like this movie gets talked about a lot for like being crazy, but I definitely feel like they under even even like despite culture kind of turning on it, I still don't feel like it's turned enough. 
because it's mm-hmm. not it's not really like even the jokes like I should we watched the like John Mulaney bit where he talks about just how crazy it is that this right. guy is unex- inexplicably friends with a nuclear physicist. I just I just want to tear this movie apart for mm-hmm. how little sense oh, it, makes it makes no sense and yet at the same time is still horribly offensive in every single oh my way. G- yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't, honestly don't know where to start. There's so many things. So I feel like okay, number one, I'll, let's start with let's start with Marty. Let's just start with this the character of Marty and mm-hmm. what he. So a and this is like not the most important thing, but I'm like I don't get this guy. He is both a slacker who's lazy, who skateboards and plays like and like rocks out rock guitar, and he's like super interested in science and like be not that those two things cannot be one person but like who are you you know like who are you and then and also of course the fact that he just gets to take credit for every thing like you know he invents this he invents chuck berry's johnny be good you know and like uh he inspires the one the one black character in the film who is so offensively directed. Yeah. Um, he, you know, it's the movie starts and he's the mayor of the town. Right, in and then 85. In 85. And then when they go back to the past and he's working in like a five and dime type place, then, you know, he's like, I'm going to be somebody. And then he was like, you could be mayor. And he's like, <gasps> mayor, that's a great I idea. like the sound of that. I'm like. Yeah, great. Thank oh, you. Thank you, little white boy. For hey, giving him all, yeah. giving him that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and like God, the uh, the sex, the sexual politics of this movie are so oh, cringy. Well, yes, uh, he is a he's a meme. So like mm-hmm. you know, there's just there's so much sexism played for laughs mm-hmm. in this movie, and and like it, it is everything from like casual like cat calling level sexism to rape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To rape, <laughs> uh, right. like we're introduced to him being the like jokey boys will be boys likes to skateboard past the aerobics class where you can look in from the highway and and wave to everybody as they're as they're doing aerobics and mm-hmm. then he's walking with his girlfriend and these two women walk by and he does a cartoon <laughs> right. peep around and then yeah. she's like I saw that and right. it's like we. W- yeah. Yeah. What do something something about yeah. it? Like this is a a bigger deal than just ugh right. boys right. being the boys. Right. Um and the idea that like you know so once he goes back in time essentially the the thing is that people almost essentially like diagnose his mom with being having Florence Nightingale syndrome which right. is you know can be a thing but like Essentially what they're saying is she she just wants someone to take care of. It doesn't matter who that person is, mm-hmm. you know. And so so also I'm like so that means she and his dad actually have nothing in common. Like there's actually no reason for them to be together. He right. just like she saved she like nursed him back to health and that's it. Right. Uh, and and like not even, you know, it's not like he was you know, injured in a war and stranded in her house for a month. He wasn't even injured by the car. He was hit. He was like 
gently tapped by right. her father's car and he's fine. He's just yeah. totally fine. He it, sleeps for nine hours or something. And like, oh now you're now you're better. I right. helped you. Yeah, put up put I up took your pants off while cold you slept compress for nine on hours. my forehead yeah. and now right. I am. And now in she love. like wants to take care of him like he's a baby bird and that mm-hmm. means love. Um ugh. and then also and Jennifer too. It's like that moment who's Marty's girlfriend in real mm-hmm. life or in present day. You know, that moment it's like her reaction to that is like oh, Marty, I saw that. And like, I love you. You know, like she just so has no, no, none of these women have any thought for themselves or self respect. Mm -hmm. It's all about like, oh, but the boy will like me, like me, boy, like me, you know? Um, And and also like with regard to like, yes, I think there was very, it's very clearly um, trying to say, you know, oh, people act like in the fifties they were so wholesome, but actually they're the same as they are, you know, like people have always been, you know, sexual, but a, it's not like sex positive in a way that promotes any sort of egalitarian sexual politics. Um, it's like, yeah. And, but then the instant there was just, there was just no regard for, um, let's say realism um when like the second he wakes up she is like fucking dying of thirst yeah and i mean yeah well she she is like the ideal woman you know from a sort of very sexist misogynist point of view as far as she is both very sort of innocent and uh faithful and loyal and Mm -hmm. sort of pure and at the same time she really wants sex and she really wants to please her man you know there's she, a there's a name there's a, a very convenient name for that trope called mm. born sexy yesterday <laughs> um but yeah i mean it is, it is yeah. she is hardcore born sexy yesterday mm-hmm. and then but then it like goes a step beyond where it really just it, it, we both because we want you know watching it together we both like scoffed because at their dinner table because he's like having dinner with them after he's been hit then he's like um she's like could maybe he he should probably spend the night mm-hmm. and in my he can room? sleep in my room right. and it's and the parents don't even do a thing anything. right we're like this is the not only is this the 50s but a even if it's any time it's like hell um, yeah no right my <laughs> teenage daughter he's gonna be kicked out onto the street now that you've even mentioned that right you know? <laughs> because and, and like you know just didn't even say like oh and you know he can sleep in my room right it was right. he can sleep in my room. She like squeezes his thigh. Is, um, is, yeah. <laughs> Stop it! And the whole time his reaction is like he is both like uh wait this is my mom uh, but yeah. also he's like oh damn right you're he's like, hot yeah like, he's it's literally such a gross he thing sees her and is like mom but you're but you're hot? but you're uh, and what? and there's so much about um just about like body shame like fat shaming is it like because he, he keeps several times he's like you're so thin because right. in the present day i guess she's supposed to be she's overweight. like not i mean she just wears sweats like she's not overweight right. she just but, she drinks then, a lot and right. wears sweats right and like, then when he comes back to the present and they're like happy and rich the first thing he says to her is mom you're so thin and it's like shut why does that matter especially right. to your to your you're her son you know right and like she was not there was no problem. Like, what is your problem? Uh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, then, uh, 
but but be and of course there is the uh, assault scene yes which so yeah he goes he says you know he tells well we i I feel like before we even go to the end of the film we got to talk about like you know he you know his dad his mom and dad fell in love because his dad was hit by their her her dad (laughs) too many (laughs) pronouns not enough any students um Marty is the son. George Marty is the son. Is George is the dad. George gets hit by, uh, hit oh, by his grandfather's car, uh, his maternal grandfather, um, in a car, and and he, uh, Lorraine is her is hmm. her name. Um, I noticed that because I have in my uh, how is that fucking thirst trap Lorraine Bates, um, <laughs> but. Uh, Lorraine's dad hits George with a car and then he's like, they're like, in the future, in the present, he, she's like, still don't know like where, what he was, what he was doing there. And it's like kind of this question thrown up in the air. And then you find out what he was doing there was up at a tree branch, looking through binoculars at Lorraine changing. Mm -hmm. So like, that's a secret that he has kept his whole life that he was a fucking like Perv. stalking pervert. And the whole time she has, he's allowed her to create this idea that what he was doing was like, oh, he was like looking at birds and he's this like sweet. Son, which know, is like, also which, stupid. Like, right. I'm, yeah. But like, uh, that's such a gross thing to, yeah. to A, be doing and B, to like allow this woman to think that because that will you know, endear her to you. Right. So you can get in her pants. Yeah. And then, um, so then like, he's got to spin the move because he like botches that meat cute. He's then going to try to like shoehorn a situation together. And then when he decides like, Oh, what I'll do is you'll have to, you'll rescue her because I'm going to try to rape her. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the way that it's said, he's like, uh, you know, she's going to be, you know, she'll be just upset. And he and Crispin Glover's like, oh, oh why will she be upset? Mm-hmm. He goes, because young girls get upset when guys take advantage of them. I think them. he said good girls. Good girls get upset mm-hmm. when guys take advantage of them. He turns to the camera. Like oh, cringing. man, I hate that I'm going to have to try to rape my like, mom. What right? What's this? It, yeah. In ah. sanity. Right. And then right, and then what actually happens is she a she just wants she actually wants him. So then he has to escape the situation, but then Biff comes in uh and Biff you know, locks that himself in the car with her right. and is there for what feels like a long time. And she's, he's just, it's so, I mean, you don't actually see into the car aside from through the windows where you can mm-hmm. like see her kicking and you see like under her dress kind of, but it, it was like one of the most disturbing scenes of sexual assault that I've seen in like in a non-explicit way in a movie and like the fact that that and again I mean this is such a perfect example of something that we talked about I think maybe in the Godfather part two but of you know violence against women as a plot device for the journey of the men right right? and like really all of her arc is that kind of and it's not necessarily violence until this moment but you know a manipulation of a woman or whatever it is right and then like 
for that to just be this like dramatic moment in which, you know, we're, we're like worried about what the men are going to do is so upsetting. And then of course, right after when George, the actual father does, he punches Biff with one punch and Biff falls down. And then she's just like, Oh, George, and let's go to the dance now. Like you saved me. And they go dancing and she wants to kiss him. And that, made me so mad because it is a it's just like doesn't take into account anything about the reality of how a woman or a person would feel in this moment or actually react and that feels really dangerous to me too as far as like you're setting up some expectation that like if you save a woman Mm -hmm. from some monster then you are now owed her affection and her love and probably sex from her because now like you owe her this favor and you've you know, she's going to see you as like this knight who, you know, she now will throw herself at. Um, uh, and that was, yeah, it was so infuriating. And then immediately, so like he's, while this is happening, you know, because as, as his parents, as it looks like they're not going to get together, then people, like his siblings start to disappear. And then once, it, once he starts to disappear, then he's like struggling to stand. And at this point he's like, playing in the the dance band and so he's like watching his parents get together and things are working and then suddenly like he starts to fade away again because some other guy is like beat it mcfly and he's just like assaulting her again i mean he's like dance floor surrounded by people just like shoving himself like all over and like laughing and and all she's doing is being like george george like you should be cutting in and no one else is like, hey, man, right. what? Back off. why don't you quit fucking doing that right. shit? Um, and she is also not, you know, assertive. Like, she's saying, like, George, help or whatever, but she's not like, get off of me, you asshole. Right. You know, like, it also is perpetuating this idea that, like, a woman needs to be saved. Like, she has no agency herself right. to get out of these situations or to, you know, speak her mind fully to the person who's harassing her. And also then at this point, she's also been doubly traumatized. Like this right. is, but she still wants and she kiss. still wants that <sighs> kiss. Um, man. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just speaking of um, public acts of violence, not being held to account. Uh, Biff is harassing George McFly in the uh, or no, no no he's harassing the mom again right he's yeah. like grabbing the lunchroom. Lorraine in the in the mm-hmm. cafeteria and then you know Marty steps in and then he stands up and he's gonna beat him up and then the principal shows up and then they freeze and Biff like has his you know fist in the air and he's like says some passing thing about it. he's like I'm going to let you go this time which is not even like a passing thing it's not even like I'm so glad you're at our school you guy it's not even like a, a lie it's just like mm-hmm. cuz he's here I'm not going to beat the shit out of you and the principal's just standing there right in the watching. background letting them finish their lines <laughs> right it's just like he and then once he's once they like drop it Somebody we we laughed about it because somebody throws a paper airplane and then he immediately like runs off after right. whoever threw that paper airplane. I'm like, oh, but you know, yeah. this guy threatening to beat up this other guy. That that's fine. That we let go. Right. Um, you know, he wasn't just like 
trying to beat up someone who stopped him from assaulting another student, but I'm glad that your priorities are in order and that the film calls that out. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, real, real great. Um, also, I really hated that the film, that the message of this film with regard to masculinity is not that the biffs of the world are bad. It's that the Georges of the world need to be more like Biff's mm. because that's how, like, how did, how did George become hot shot golfing, mm-hmm. you know, neoliberal wet dream? Well, he fucking punched a guy in the face and yeah. he just became this like Western glory man. And then when he's like, mom when he's drooling over his mom when he comes back to the present he's like you're so thin he like slaps her on the ass as she like and she's like "Ah." and like goes as she walks away like and then he's you know yelling at biff biff don't you know make sure to wax that car real good and he's just treating biff like shit now as opposed to like treat it you know the model isn't treat everyone with respect it's well it's you got to make sure you got exactly mm-hmm. it's like there's you know there's just to the question is not whether or not this idea of an alpha beta mentality is wrong it's like just whatever you do don't be a fucking beta right right like, yeah i know that's really messed up right yeah yeah uh and then also just you know i mean there's so many things but just, uh, the there's these Libyan terrorists, mm-hmm. um, who two Libyan terrorists to be exact, yes, <laughs> in a VW van. Mm-hmm. You keep saying van, van. and everyone calls it's it a bus, okay. everyone calls oh, it the VW, VW bus. bus. Okay, I keep saying, that. wow, this is really bothered you. It really, I didn't, I, I, did, really I chose not to take the moat. You know what? I did, right, I didn't want bus. to do it in front of. Just you and Quinn. I decided to Just wait until we moment. were recording um, the podcast. I feel shamed. I feel called out. Fine. VW bus, if we must. Uh, and yeah, who, you know, essentially, there are these, they're, they're Libyans. They're supposed to be from Libya mm-hmm. and they are terrorists. They are, you know, of the, the only people of color we see in this movie are terrorists or people in service positions or entertainers. Uh, right, and that's really everybody that except for the mayor. Man, cartoonishly. You know, once the mayor becomes the mayor, though, we never see him. Right, like, we just see his face on just, posters. Right. Uh, and these, these so oh, God. And yeah. he's the villain when he's the mayor. when he's the mayor because he wants to tear the clock mm. tower down. You're right, you're right. So yeah. when he becomes the mayor and he wants to clean up the town, right? He, We're not supposed to like him we anymore. Hate it. Yeah, yeah. And these, I mean, it's just like if you could, if you, oh. Stephen's having an idea. So remember how like the town is clean, right? The whole thing is like the beginning. It's like it's a great eighties town. The town is clean. That's the question because when they go back to the present, the there are homeless people. Things are more seedy. Some names have changed. Interesting. Did he not become? I wonder. Like, did he? Did he actually like by inspiring him to become mayor? Did he end up actually? Huh. failing to do yeah. that did he not oh, become God. mayor that's so yeah. terrible you're right i think that probably is true yeah huh. i have a i have a i have two issues with like the way that they revi- revise the past did, mm-hmm. were you on a train of thought that got oh stopped? just about the libyans oh. and just you know if you can imagine if you haven't seen this movie recently you know picture the most offensive uh 
Ecuadorian know, man <laughs> right, <laughs> wearing, you know, holding like a bazooka at some point yeah, hold, and yeah, like a grenade got... launcher or something, you know, not speaking any actual words because the movie probably didn't want to take the time to, you know, right. actually research what kind of language, what language would you be speaking and find someone who could speak it, but right. instead just making kind of grunting noises. Right. It's not even and like, and like it, I mean, it, it, if I'm not mistaken, it just would have been Arabic. Mm-hmm. So like it would have been eat. Easy. I don't know. I mean, they not were just like, we want to keep this guy background. We don't want to pay him as a, yeah. we don't want to pay him as an under five. We just got to, no, grunt, just grunts, grunt, please. Grunt. Grunts don't yeah. count. Wait, could, could, could we get like an Arabic grunt, right. please? Yeah. So it's just really horrifying. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really yeah. awful. And, and <clears throat> the, so like at this time, because we were ta- talking like, w- was something going on between like the U S and, and, and Libya at this time. And really, um, like not really. Um, there was, there was a, there was like a dog fight over Libya that ended up, um, uh, there was a dog fight over mm-hmm. Libya between the US and Libya in 81. What do you mean a dog fight? Uh air like jets like a airborne okay. battle. The, basically the results of it ended with um ended with um with something something uh when, with with Libya ceding some territories to the United States. Um, and then tensions were high with Libya, but like there were a number of, of bombings and conflicts and, and like hot conflict, but like starting in 86, mm-hmm. like in 86, the U S was attempting to like bomb, uh, and it did were they were doing like a targeted bombing raid attempting to kill Gaddafi and they accidentally killed his, they killed his daughter instead. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 86 a year after this movie came out. Like this was just, it was just like a very bizarre thing of like, Oh, we need terrorists. Libyans. Yeah. I mean, I am less surprised by that because everything seems so careless. You know, Mm -hmm. they just seem to have picked a country that they were like, Oh yeah, they probably would have terrorists. You know, Um, you were going to say something about the revisiting the, Changing the future. Yeah. Changing so, the um, uh, now I'm like three things. Mm-hmm. If he's changed the present so much that maybe this guy isn't mayor, the town is dirty, the town has homeless people, and his um, also it means that in the ideal 1980s, um, in the ideal 1980s where his dad is king, there is like this giant wealth disparity. Mm. Um, uh. Commentary, not at all. Um, but they first off, now that you were talking about it, like he has to like would the things have like transpired that caused him to steal the plutonium on behalf of the Libyans that then caused the exact scene in the mall to take place? Like, if so much is different, would that scene take 
place. Well, yeah. uh, obviously, we're suspending disbelief. Time travel is real in well, this but movie. Exa- I mean, but, like everything about that, which I would say falls under the umbrella of like the science of right. this movie, you know, of the idea of like the chain of events and how they're all connected, you know, sort of butterfly effect thing. Like right. it was all about just, you know, what's convenient uh, mm-hmm. and let's assume that the audience is not going to be thinking so deeply about those things, which right. is just like rude uh, because... Well, we, I mean, we clearly, yeah, this but movie, uh, they didn't, clearly. I mean, sure, right. Uh, but, like, you know, and then just, you know, yeah, everything about this invention of, like, how time travel is possible, like, all these things. But to me, it's, yeah, it's about, and I think I said this when we were watching, like, 20 minutes into the movie, I was like, okay, wait, let me just imagine that I'm watching a live-action cartoon. Mm-hmm. And that really helped as far as the tone and the style of the movie, because it is so over the top ridiculous to the point of why, you know, to the point of like, I'm not having fun because this is over the top. I'm just sort of like cringing at the way that you're reacting to things and the way that, you know, manure is falling on people in the car. Like, but it's literally like everything was so, you know, it was just a cartoon, uh, which it's kind of interesting as a style because there's not, I think that this movie maybe proves why there are not live action cartoons because it's kind of unfun to watch real people like treating the world in a cartoon way. Without, especially without um, making it like, abundantly apparent making it like yeah. very clearly formally part of what's going on um it because once you said that i'm like oh okay i get it mm-hmm. um and bob gale um when i was mentioning that like this guy bob gale and robert zemeckis they wrote it together as their third film writing together well bob gale was like grew up huge fan of graphic novels wrote a number of graphic novels so it like totally fits that he would have this sort of graphic novel esque um, film and, and sort of cinema. Cinematographical cinematographic cinematograph, cinematographic cinema, style. Great. Let's just say film style. Like, yeah, he would have this aesthetic that's governed by comic books or informed by comic books. Um, but they don't actually do anything to be like, this is a comic book. Like even fun, like fun home when I saw it off Broadway, less on Broadway. If I'm, I don't, they didn't really do this exact same thing. Cause it was in the round when it was on Broadway. But like when it was off Broadway, there were, there was like a number of scenes where like lights would draw frames Mm -hmm. around what was going on because you know like this is a musical based on a graphic novel they're taking time and taking moments to like isolate scenes to make it clear that it's a graphic novel right or even something like scott pilgrim you know like whether or not it's a good movie it's like oh you know some things are very comic book like as far as like the effects or like the visuals on the screen right but the people even if they're sort of acting larger than life they're also still like trying to maintain their Integrity as characters and people, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It. Yeah. Very. Oh, and, and the 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 one other thing that I was like, excuse me. So, in the in the in the first present, um, the mom has a has a brother. 
her youngest brother who is in jail and, and he you know he didn't make parole again and he's going to be in there his whole life and they're like no and then you go back to the past and there's all these jokes made about how his family like leaves him in the crib and he better get used to those bars and mm-hmm. and just this it's kind of like this joke that like oh well he turns out he's been in prison his whole life well like when they fix the present when they fix the past and it comes into this like glorious present they just don't address whether or not like this family member mm-hmm. is still in jail like mm-hmm. they don't address whether or not like the course of his life yeah has changed in any degree um i was just like that's like a weird thing to yeah. not only like they didn't just like set it up they like set it up they did a double the you know they reinforced it mm-hmm. and then and it then just disappears it, right yeah right well because it feels to me like the point of that for them was like the joke of better get used to those bars when he's looking at the crib right and not actually any consideration for again the re, the how this sort of changing the past might mm-hmm. really affect the future for this person yeah also i really hated um once I once I remembered, you know, we talked about with Beverly Hills Cop that like there's this rev up of the war on drugs. We have this moment where they make fun of the fact that like black musicians smoke weed mm-hmm. um, because when they um, when Biff's group throws Marty in the in the trunk, they, a random open trunk. <laughs> Then this, you know, this guy, one of the guys from the band is there and he's like, hey, man, what are you doing? And they're like, beat it. And then term. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then the car doors all open, smoke billows out of the car and they all stand up and then the 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 bullies cower away. Um, But I was also sitting there being like. Oh, yeah, like this is by playing off this idea of like, oh, yeah, the reefer smoking jazz musicians, it's also like at a time in which the effort to like arrest black people for marijuana is like going through the roof. Mm -hmm. And so it's not only like, it's not only making a joke out of a stereotype, it's like reinforcing the need to police that stereotype in the present day. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Despite the fact that they are, standing they they there's despite the fact that they're the ones standing up to the only people that actually like really stand up to biff Mm. and his friends yeah i mean despite the one punch which seems to be enough saves the day again cartoon right because he does like a 360 and lands on the car um and then yeah the only the only other thing that i have to say about this uh, yeah it's just the last thing Mm -hmm. is that like there's they want to like they do so much we were laughing about it there's so much copy and pasted dialogue to like different scenes that happen in the present that when they go back to the past it's like they they just want to like reinforce the trope and kind of make you be like oh oh they said this and now they're saying it again but it's just like it's not like thematically similar it's not the same subject it's just, just the, the same, same right so you see like um Jor- marty's dad being bullied by biff in the present mm-hmm. and then you see you know as adults and then you see them as teenagers and again being bullied by biff 
but just using the exact right. same line. Because he was like, I need it. a report. Uh, he's like, he, he George is writing a report for Biff in the present. And he's like, I got to have it on Saturday because I got to copy it in my handwriting. If I send a report in in your handwriting, what do you think is going to happen? I'll get fired. Mm-hmm. So then he's like, he's like, do you have my homework? Uh, I'm going to have it to you this day. And he's like, well, I got to have it now because I got to copy it in my handwriting. If I turn it in in your handwriting, I'll get kicked out of school. Or like, and you're yeah. just like. We get it. And then they just keep going. Mm, it's the same now as it is in the future. Oh, Yeah. The present. Yeah. yeah. Let's get rid of it and never talk about it again. Well, uh. Don't get ahead of yourself. We we've well maybe we will maybe we you, won't. Maybe we haven't voted. We haven't voted. Right. I, we'll I apologize. Be I might, soon. You might have changed my mind. Actually, we'll be voting soon. Um, out of Africa. Mm. Let's go there. Mm. I mean, okay. So the big, the big thing, which is really kind of the main thing of the movie, um, which is the for me the reason we have to get rid of it is, you know, that <laughs> essentially like, is that it is set in Africa. You know that is that like the 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 landscape and the uh, this the Kenyan people and the African people in general like are the just become sort of the scene the the backdrop or the oh, totally. set dressing for, you know, this story and romance and in drama of, of the white people. Uh and so, you know, that's but like you can't there's no way that you could remake this movie and change that one thing. You know, like right. that's sort of the fiber of this movie, which is also the huge problem with it, of course, because, you know, it's just sort of all about the white people. There is no central character who is a person of color. Um, and yet at the same time, you also get the combined thing of, you know, the the sort of like happy native like trope, right? Where right. The, the people who are working for them, who are these tribal people, like love um what's her name karen Mm -hmm. you know by the end and they're like so happy when she comes back and they're sad when she has to leave you know and they're like love working on the coffee farm you know and and so they just sort of like allow the fact that you know this is the horrors of colonialism right to sort of like be okay like we're okay with it though you know and like there's moments where the in the drama is sort of like you know, Karen stands up for them, like, of course, because you have to have, you know, she's a, a virtuous, what exactly, white savior. Uh, you know, we took their land, and so now we have to give them d- other land to make sure they have land. But it's like, right. yeah, but you took their land. Like, you yeah. created this farm. You took all these thousands, of sound, apparently, of acres from, you know, their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you're a hero for trying, for, like, supposedly caring about them the whole time and caring about them now so you can, you know, give them this gift of land which is theirs right which to me it felt like just an empty uh it felt like a plot device for both her and robert redford's character um because to just just to make sure just to make sure like oh don't worry they're one of the good ones because like Robert Redford it, it, toward the beginning is like, you know, you don't own, you know, we don't own this land. We're just passing through. And then, you know, she, because she, and then she like sticks up for mm-hmm. the, the tribes and making sure they have a place to go. And it's just like, it's very tertiary to the plot. It's just like a small little bit of like character building to, 
make sure that we stay on her side. Right, right. Um, and honestly, the one the one like actual thing that she does that would according that I think the film thinks is her um, showing her like benevolent hand to the tribe is getting a missionary to come and like teach them to read. But like there's I it right. Because I, would, I would just I'll just, you know, point the audience to things fall apart. Like mm-hmm. that is not. Right, that because is, it's implying also, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but, no, no. You know, yeah. that like still her position is that what that their way of life and their ways of education and, you know, everything mm-hmm. are not as good as our Western ones. And so right. I'm helping them by providing them this gift, right? right. Which is just, of course, undermining her idea, the idea that they, you know, are don't need that you right. know and are, and that is an actively destroying their yeah, culture yeah. by by severing their relationship to their own language and their own mythos right um also just so i feel like robert redford's character he reminded me of he's like the gentrified like the the guy, guy who like comes into a neighborhood and like as a you know because he is robert redford is a white american mm. um he is like the gentrifier who then gets upset about the fact that like the neighborhood is gentrifying you know yeah. because he's he's i'm like they refer to this part- as first tier gentrifiers mm, nice yes uh because we also in the course of this very long movie that didn't have to be so long we still in two hours and 40 minutes never get any background on him or like why he's well he's there. a poacher he right he, like he <laughs> yeah kills elephants right, but for he like their ivory. loves the oh, beauty of the nature symbiotic relationship and like, between you know is so upset nature. that people are more people are coming in and like destroying mm-hmm. the wildlife and leaving their car tracks on the savannah right. but like yeah you dude dude you don't actually belong here and right. also yeah you're poaching these animals uh Right, the first time we see him, he's got these giant elephant tusks, and it's like, and he's like hoisting them into a train. You're like, okay, great. I don't like you. Why would yeah. I like you? You know, why would I think that you, you know, he that he has this, he has convinced himself that he is like, essentially, it feels like, you know, he's like, I'm an honorary African, you know, which feels really troubling. Right, and like, you know, also it's just like in terms of how the audience at the time would feel of the film, like in the, in the 85, it's like, well, the, at the time, yes, uh, hunting big game for ivory was legal, but in terms of the eighties, it's only been illegal for like six years. So in the eighties in by 85, if, if my, if I'm remembering my research correctly, so a point 79 in the movie where was somebody says we're not allowed to, there are, but I couldn't, as much as they do say that, mm-hmm. I, the research that I was pointing to just, uh, the, that mm-hmm. I was finding. So I wonder um, if that was like a, from the 80, like some acknowledgement, also kind of like what you're saying of like, these are good guys, like right. they stopped poaching or right. something. Um, that like, it was, um, but it was like a fairly new thing. So like ideal, like it. I wouldn't if 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 like I knew that like oh man the this population has been threatened so much by these poachers selling ivory like I'd be mad about them and 
and I, I, I feel like I just, I would be really connected to how much I don't, uh, how much I don't like him as a poacher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I struggled with that pretty yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, also her like you know she because she apparently in her memoirs wrote in a very lyrical style that's why the movie is flooded with with Meryl Streep's lyrical voiceover narration mm-hmm. um over sweeping shots of the african plains mm-hmm. um which i have a a fun theory mm-hmm. that this movie um did not win the Oscar because it was a good movie. It won the Oscar because Planet Earth hadn't been made totally, yet. Totally, totally. So it's just it's just sweeping shots of nothingness. Like uh, you know, it's just let's look at nature for right. the next minute and a half, which was beautiful. And I was totally thinking that too. I was like, is this the first time that a movie has shown people in the U.S. you know a lot of images of <clears throat> of animals and wildlife and nature of Africa. And maybe right. that's, maybe that's true, you know, but even, people yeah. are just so swept away by that. But also it's like the eighties. So then you're like just reinforcing this myth that like Africa is just all wilderness mm-hmm. and there are no like urban areas, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, when she leaves, she's like talking about, you know, will Africa remember me? And then I'm like, I'm sitting there being like, Oh, so instead of like having learned from like from these people that you know we have sort of a symbiotic relationship with the earth and everything becomes a part of it and we shouldn't seek to leave an you know an indelible mark because it's it's a scar more than mm-hmm. anything else mm-hmm. we're one to do that she's like was I did I make a significant amount of a colonial imprint <laughs> but she's like when I but but like She's like, will Africa sing a song of me? Because, but her song of Africa, she's like, I could sing a song of Africa, of the plains and the fields and the plows and the coffee pickers. And I'm like, that's not Africa. Mm. That's you. That's <laughs> that's your country's like... That's what you see. Yeah, that's that's your song of Africa. That's it's like, will it sing a song of me? It it does. It's called right. the political map of Africa that Europe drew mm-hmm. just before this film began. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, something also that was very passingly touched on, I felt, um, was World War One. Mm-hmm. They're like worried about the German holdings, whether or not there'll be any violence from the, the German colonies in Africa. And then suddenly we're just moved on. <laughs> like mm-hmm. not even a, not even a remote whiff of. Yeah. Tension. I mean, I feel like I get the, though, like the idea that, I don't know. I mean, of course it's, World War One, so it is a big one. But like you know, that not everybody like from in from where she is standing, and even I honestly don't know how much news she gets. Mm-hmm. You know, because we don't really see her seem to be that aware of globe, like what's happening around the world, or even you know a couple countries over or whatever. That like from her perspective, 
the war is this sort of like far off thing that just kind of like happens and took people for it and then they came back and that's all I know of it, you know? Um, right, but like a lot of people didn't. Mm-hmm, right. And she has family no, in Denmark and I mean, a, a lot of those people probably didn't come yeah, back. Yeah. Um, no, and we true. don't touch on that at all. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we don't have time because this movie is very short and very mm-hmm. action packed. So, you know, there just wasn't time to fit that in. So right. Yeah. But forgive me. <laughs> um, also, uh, Broer gives her syphilis because he is a philanderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes to Europe to get treated with arsenic, uh, which apparently was a successful form of, syphilis treatment prior to the proliferation of penicillin uh, used for syphilis, which started in the early 40s. Um, But it was not easy treatment. It was not quick. And, like, it caused, you know, it's poison. Mm -hmm. You are poisoning yourself. Like, effectively, they were... they. Another name for it was uh, pyrotherapy because they wanted, they, it, it was believed that the fever mm. was what helped get rid of the syphilis. Mm. Um, and so when she goes back to Denmark, which A, is also a long trip to and from and has to spend a long time there. Um, and then there's a scene with her mom where she's like the husband that I... Uh, allegedly there would be a moment with her mom where she had to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm coming for syphilis treatment because the man that I married gave all of the family money to, um, and moved to Africa with cheats on me all the time. Um, and then I'm going to go back to him afterwards. Like we don't, we don't get to see that scene at all. We don't see her deal with the syphilis at all. We just get a little bit of narration. Right. Well, that yeah, that whole thing takes like forty five seconds. Oh yeah. The whole, and so uh, this, the pacing of this movie is really confusing to me too. Because yeah, exactly. It's like that seems to be, and that happens like an hour into the movie, mm-hmm. and it seems to be as far as like her journey, like a really important thing to touch on because it's really the one of the few moments where she has. Yeah, where she's like forced, she's going through something and has to be fighting this thing and like is being affected by it. And right. And all, and the fact that we just kind of skip over it and have no idea how much time has passed. It could have been years, you Mm -hmm. know, before she came back. Although everyone, including like the young children, look like they're the same age, which I mean, they're actors. Like, you know, you're not going to film it over the course of years, but also it's like, what is the timeline you're telling us? Because we know Uh, from the, from, the top when she finds out that they're going to be growing coffee, that it could take three to four years before mm-hmm. they yield a crop. So like right. clearly several years. Yeah. And the crop that burns is not their first crop. So like right. several years go by over the course of the film and it's really ambiguous as to when those marks are. Right. And then I feel like it's, yeah, to help like it, if we were to see her go through that and like see the toll that takes on her and how that affects her, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally, you know, then like all of the rest of her choices would be really kind of, they just would be more complicated. And I feel Mm -hmm. like the movie didn't want us to think in a, a way that was too complicated about the idea of like, Oh, but I, but I do kind of still love you, you know? And like, that just is how I feel, you know? Uh, 
and and yeah, I was like, why even go? That was actually the moment where I was like, I bet this is this has to be based on a true story because otherwise, why put this moment in the story where she has to she has gets syphilis, has to leave and come back? Why put that in the story if it's going to be forty five seconds long? Mm. Unless you like had to put it in because it's based on something true, and so you didn't want to leave out that bit of important information, even though it's not in any way kind of doing anything to the story. Right, except con- kind of confusing it because she like, you know, when when her and Robert Redford are kind of starting off, she like confessed to him that she had syphilis and then he says a very bizarre cavalier <laughs> statement that's not the way STDs work, which is, I never, I get, never anything. get anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but okay. um, what never happens Broar never gets treated, and he's still, still fucking he women married, and gets remarried. There's another one, yeah. And no one's ever like, mm-hmm. hey, man, maybe you should go back right. to Europe doctor. and God. get some arsenic. Yeah. Um, since no, clearly there's no arsenic in all of Africa. Right. Um, like, it. he doesn't get treated at all. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, yeah, this is absolutely an instance of like, this being a true story and also like not just a true story, but several stories since it's based on her like memoirs mm-hmm. um, kind of cobbled together. The plot is so over bloated where like it's effectively if someone if you ask somebody what's out of Africa about, it would be about this romance between her and Robert Redford, but that doesn't even start until mm-hmm. an hour and a half into this two right. and a half hour movie. Right. And, and then like, because, because instead of starting the movie or like kind of getting into the like 20 minutes into the film, we don't get the start of that love story. We get it so late in the film. Then there's a moment where, they break up because he doesn't want to be beholden to anybody. She's free. She has a choice. She doesn't want him to be free. Um, and so they, they, they have their love, but marriage isn't going to make their love any closer. You know, this is absurd. And so then she, um, she's like, well, then I don't want to see you anymore. And they're separated. And then after her, then like, she's in dire straits financially and she's borrowed money from everyone that she can borrow, but a new governor is coming. So the day that he arrives, she shows up and in front of town, she's asking him for money and people are trying to move her. But then you hear from afar, let her be. Mm -hmm. And you turn and it's Robert Redford. And it's supposed to be like this thing where like, despite the fact that they separated, he's still standing up for her there was like zero time between when they split and like this scene mm. that we don't, it, that, there, that I had, I had zero feeling of like, <gasps> even now still. Yeah. I think there was some her. mention of like, where is he? Oh, who knows? Like as he's been gone for some time or something, right. I think she might've even said like something about a couple of months. But for me, that was, that moment was really infuriating because like, there are some things about this, like her character is a really interesting character. And, you know, I think there's a lot of her character that is, you know, a, a, like shows her as a complete and complex, like strong 
woman, and especially thinking about the time period, I kept reminding myself, like, this starts in 1913, you know, that's so early. Um, and, like, not only right off the bat in the beginning of the movie do we see, you know, she's, she's like, sexually active and she mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, like, aware. Uh, yeah, there's a line where he's like, I, right? I couldn't, where Broer, her husband, uh, she's like, let's get married. You know, you just marry me for my money. And he's like, I couldn't. I have to marry a virgin. I couldn't t- handle right. the criticism. Mm-hmm. And so right then and there, like, there's no shame at all yeah, about the fact that, right. like, they're all Right. And sex. she, like, you know, once she's in Kenya, she's, you know, like, she's, she's she seems to know more about the finances and the business, you know, than her husband does. Right. And she, you know, goes out and she also, like, works on the field sometimes and, you know, like... Uh, and she, you know, she has these romantic interests and she pursues them even though she's still married technically or like all of these things, which are really interesting. But then, yeah, in that moment though, when Robert Redford comes, it's like, but then still in that moment where she's like sort of desperate and, you know, playing her last card, it's not that she gets, she like gets something there because she has, you know, she makes her case so beautifully or she, you know, takes this action that, convinces the person she's talking to to give her something it's that robert redford you know the man comes in and is like let her speak uh and he sort of like saves her in that moment and i was also like who why would they listen to like i mean i guess because he's a man but also he's i don't know if this because it's it's this like new ruler who's come to the area and i don't know if he would know who this guy is but he's like all dirty looking and like he's got like a torn up jacket yeah everyone's dressed in like all white right and then it's like he appears with his like cowboy hat and like his scuffed up jacket and he's like let Mm. her speak and then like oh okay yeah we should let her speak um so that was just a disappointing moment as far as like showing her strength and also there's another character felicity who's this young woman who um karen meets when she first arrives and you know like this young woman felicity kind of looks up to her or sort of like sees her as like sort of a mentor Mm -hmm. figure and asks her about sex and like all these things and they have tea together and they seem to have this sort of bond forming. And then we see her occasionally throughout the movie, but then really the last thing that happens with Felicity is that Robert Redford wants to take her with him on some safari trip. And Karen, you know, is like, that's out of the question. If you do that, then, you know, move out basically. And so again, like not, we don't actually see any female friendship in this movie. We see what starts as a friendship and then becomes like a jealousy, you know, that where a man has gotten in the way of these two women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was also just disappointing. Right. Also like I was also kind of, I rolled my eyes in that moment too, because he was like, you know, Felicity wants to go on a hunt with me. Um, you know, and, and I didn't like that I was worried about what you would, th- that I was worried that you wouldn't like it. And she's like, well, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. He's like, why are you worried that something's going to happen between us? And it's like, fucking duh. You're going right. to be like weeks together with nobody else fucking camping. And the fact that he's like, the one who like brought this up, like, are right. you worried that we're going to have sex? The, like that seems yeah. to imply that you're thinking about having sex with her. You right. Know? <laughs> like, yeah, it, he's very likely um also you know something that i that you know you kind of talked to you kind of pointed out that it's the first time really thought about it like yeah no she works these fields she's there like one of the one of the reasons that it kind of is implied that they respect her is that she does a lot of work alongside Mm -hmm. the the tribe the tribal tribesmen that work on her farm and now her husband gone all the time 
Robert Redford gone for weeks at a time, even when they're together, mm-hmm. weeks at a time. Which means that like the vast majority of the timeline that this film covers she her everything that she's going through has nothing to do with these men. Mm-hmm. All of the stories that are taking place there's nothing they wouldn't have anything to do with who these men are and yet we don't get to see any of those any of those stories. Um yeah. something I really wanted was um so she's got a like a I guess he'd best be described as a valet mm-hmm. named Farah and he there's like this implicit sadness that they're going to be separating, but like they don't really do anything to support that they have a relationship. And so, I mean, you're just saying they're being like, I feel like the film is just relying on this idea of like, well, of course he loves his colonizer, you know, as opposed, you know, I'm thinking they're, you know, mainly I'm sitting there thinking like, is he worried that they don't really talk about how this colonial structure works if he's the, the valet of the household, or if he's worried that he's going to go from like a really good, well-paying job Mm. to then suddenly being without, like, there's not really any talk about how that works. Right, he's just sad that she's gone. Right. She's been so great. And then she, like, you know, convinces a, a young boy to get an infection on his leg treated. He does. And then he, like, becomes the cook of the house. And he wants to go with her back to Denmark. And she's like, no, like, you can't. And he goes, why? You know, people don't eat in, in, in Denmark. And then he, she's like, you wouldn't like it there. Trust me. Yeah. But I'm like. Right. You, I know. I was what? like, what? Why do you get to make that decision for him? Well, also, I'm like, it's not that... I'm, she didn't say, like, it gets very cold. Oh, sure. She just says, you wouldn't like you it. You wouldn't like it there. Which, to me, I'm like, is that... Uh, to me, it's like, that's a wink at the audience mm-hmm. of being, like, you know, Danish people wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, of, like, in a way of, like, being... Because they've set up this idea that, like, she's one of the good ones that it's like this, it almost becomes like a laugh about mm-hmm. racism to me. I That's what I felt like it was. I felt like it was like, I mean, it wasn't, and it, it wasn't comical to the degree that anyone would ever laugh out loud, but I feel like the implications of this, that the, the, the statement was made lightly, but the implications of which are, if you come back with me, you will face racism. Yeah, which I totally see. Which also, though, I mean, it could be read the other way as far as, like, you wouldn't like it there as, like, you you would be treated badly and therefore, like, it's not, I don't want you to have to feel that or to, you know, go through that pain or, you know, right. whatever. Yeah, but but no, I hear you. Yeah. Right, and... It, mm. Also, the yeah, the implication is that this this young man has no attitude towards like European colonizers at all, yeah. um, because he's like wants to go 
to the land of Europe. I'm yeah, no, I mean, most we don't get enough time or characterization from any of the people who are actually who are Africans to right. understand their point of view about Europe or colonization or anything like that. That's true. Yeah. Um, Shall we? Well, I, I mm, let me just let me let me just peruse a little bit of the. Mm -hmm. Shaboom, shaboom, Felicity, shaboom. Oh, 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 oh. There's a couple things that we can that we don't have to go through with, I guess. But um she just they make a point of saying that like this water source has to travel to Mombasa. Like yeah, she like it was like, we have to make a pond. And then she's they're like, Well, this water has to go to Mombasa. And she's like, well, it can go to Mombasa after we make a pond. And it's like, you're just gonna, for the sake, for whatever fucking yeah, reason. Yeah, explain if there was a reason that was any, right. in any way about, like, irrigation or anything. There was or nothing with regard to that. choice, yeah. And so then it's like, so they do it. They divert this water, which could mean that they're diverting the water supply from a city of people. Mm -hmm. And then years go by and then there's a rainstorm and then her like damming breaks, which was clearly just a pile of dirt and some sandbags. Apparently um, they, it gives way. And then they're like, well, it's flowing back to the, don't she, worry. This water that, belongs yeah. to Mombasa. And Meryl Streep says that. And I'm saying they've been like, um, You've diverted this water for years. There, this is a flood now. This could be like a <laughs> catastrophic flood, <laughs> right? Because things have been set up, yeah, accounting for where water levels are at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I just it made me so angry that um, that there was just no acknowledgement paid to what it means that she diverted this water supply from human beings who need water. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, and then like the last little title card, they talk about like, you know, she, she did, ooh, you know, the little postscript of like, Oh, she wrote memoirs and uh, under the name of Isaac Dennison, blah, 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 blah. She never returned to Africa. I'm like, of course she never returned <laughs> to Africa. She didn't love Africa. Like mm -hmm. it makes it very clear that she didn't, she didn't. I don't think she she loved, like, there was no, the only reason that she would want to return as somebody who was, like, destitute, because, like, what she, she was, like, a rich, wealthy landowner. She didn't, and she clearly didn't have any sort of respect for having a symbiotic relationship with nature. If she were to return destitute, she She'd would have it. to, Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like mm. she wants to go and return and be a part of Denmark high society. Mm. Um, because Maybe, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I like, she clearly goes through a transformation of like, we see even just in her costumes, it's like, she starts very, like she's wearing all these restrictive clothing. And by the end she's like wearing pants all the time. And, you know, and you know, I, I, yeah, I feel like the, it was more like, I was like, well, duh, she didn't return to Africa because she was broke and mm -hmm. never had money again, you know, or something like that. Um, but that she, it's, my perception of was like, 
she thinks she loves, like she does love Africa, she thinks, because to her, Africa is like all these people Robert who Redford. are happy that she's here and Robert Redford and like the beautiful, you know, wildlife and nature, but it's not right. But like that is, of course, because your circumstances have allowed you to be a wealthy landowner while you're here. Right. So, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, what's coming to mind is like the last of the Mohicans where mm-hmm. it's like, that's, you know, Daniel day Lewis and the last of the Mohicans is somebody who has rejected colonial life entirely and ref- like won't go back. And then I'm remembering, am I remembering that correctly? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure. Um, at the very it. least Brad Pitt's like that in legends of the fall. <laughs> and, uh, but that's not her story at all. She doesn't like, Oh, no, she reject, reject colonialism in any way no. uh, and has like mm-hmm. no respect for like, or sees no like real value beyond like beyond condescension in the way that like those African societies were built. Mm. Shall we reassess? <clears throat> please, please, please. Mm. Um, all right. Thoughts on now. We still get one, them. We're two, okay. I don't know. One, one, two, two three. three. We're getting rid of both. Them. Are they being getting rid of? Oh yeah, yes. yes. Let's get rid yes. of both. You know, <laughs> I have decided I changed my mind instead of keeping both. Let's get rid of both. Yeah, it yeah. Seems well done. I'm glad you made Thank that. You. that choice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. yeah, they're just awful, and they're and they're just like, I I, generally speaking, like bad. Mm-hmm movies like clearly we talked about this beverly hills cop clearly there's no accountability toward like like accuracy or having sort of any idea what you're talking about um and like no consistency rampant product placement and then in the fucking out of africa it's just like it's just fucking random overbloated plots and rich white people mm-hmm. yep mm. Um, great. Thanks for listening. Uh, that happens after the thing. Okay, fine. Got you. So thank you for listening. Um, please, Gina, I want you to, uh, finish. I want you to say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. We are a Rock Rising Productions podcast. Oh, yeah. You can find us at Should We Keep This all over the place. Yep. You can find us Should We Keep all over the place. And then Rock Rising is Rock Rising Inc. on Instagram. Follow them. You can follow all their other podcasts and their productions at, at, at Edinburgh. Um, and then, yeah, so are we, uh, let's get this. Oh, yeah, so next week also is 1986. 1986, which is going to be an interesting episode because um, it is Platoon and Top Gun. Oh, wow. Movie that's being remade and coming out shortly um and yeah and there's like topical a gun. topical gun <laughs> pop a like um yeah so thank you uh, uh that's cool. what friends are for interesting um, um i realized which in is this the number one song of great we're not talking about songs so i don't even care um okay yeah I completely forgot to write haikus this week. I just realized that. So there's no haikus this week, but there will be your haikus next time. Man. I do have a hashtag for you, though, Stephen. 
Oh, interesting. Here is your hashtag. Here's your hashtag. It's a bus, not a van. <laughs> it's your hashtag. Good luck. Um, you're welcome. Um, I try to make, I try to vary them as far as like, yeah. you know, universality mm. and and style. So mm. we'll see how that, interesting. how that'll be. Um, yeah, and uh, basically, uh, where I am now is there was like a funny. He comes over after church, and he's talking to the narrator's aunt. What are you talking about? about? Um, Who's he? Like art, and he does. He puts a. He says something, and he talks about like hierarchical art, and he puts it in a in, in air quotes. And then there's a great passage about. Um, oh, okay, you're talking about Swan's Way. Passage Bye, about we'll see you next time. And shut it down. Julie, it shut means- it down. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.